welcome to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through his word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you. And now, let us begin. It has been far too long since we've been together. I apologize for my hiatus, but there has been so much going on in my life. And now that we have entered 2021, I feel that now more than ever, we need God's truth, his word spoken to us, and how we can become more Christ-like. Just to give you an update, right before I ended season one, I mentioned to everybody that I was hired on as a teacher at an elementary school. And I have to tell you that I absolutely loved it and love it still today. It's amazing. The kids are amazing. The staff is amazing. And so it has been such a blessing and honor to be a part of that team. And I am so grateful to God for answering a prayer that I was praying for for a long time. And he is completely faithful and true. So with that being said, I haven't done this podcast since August. Since August, it's been a battle. We have seen numerous things that have made our jaws drop in 2020. And I think it's more appropriate now more than ever to get into God's word, to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit through his word, and to become more Christ-like as we can. That's the mission here. And if you think about it from August till now, that's quite a quite a span. And so I think it's it's so wonderful to be back here and doing this. I love this. I love uh, preaching the Word of God. I love teaching the Word of God. And now in my life, I'm just trying to live out the Word of God. I'm trying to live and practice what I preach. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get started with the today's episode. Today's episode is called The Romans Gospel Road. And I am extremely excited to do this. It's called The Romans Gospel Road because, in essence, we are taking a road trip, if you will, on how to receive salvation through the gospel that is found in Romans. Now, you can find certain aspects of the gospel in different parts of the Bible, more specifically 1 Corinthians 15, 3, which says that it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But here on the Living Parables podcast, we want to uncover it and go a little bit deeper. So we're going to go ahead and get started. We are all on a vast, intense, wild, crazy, eternal journey, aren't we? Whether we believe it or not, we are all on, a, on an eternal journey. 
there are two destinations and what you do with what you hear today will determine your destination. Today, we're going to look at four road signs that will help us understand the gospel road to salvation. Road sign number one, predicament. Due to the fall of mankind in Genesis 3, we are all born with a sinful nature. In Isaiah 59, verse 2, it says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Now, I know we're in Romans today, but I wanted to point that piece of scripture out to you because our sins cause a separation between us and God that can never be remedied without the saving work of Jesus Christ, his son. So let's actually get to Romans 3 now. We're going to start in the third chapter, and we're going to jump, we're going to jump around a little bit, but we're going to kind of stay the course here. In verse 10, it says this, As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. And now, let's jump a little farther ahead, which uh, verse you might be familiar with. Romans 3.23, and Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Are you seeing a predicament here? We fall short because we're born with a sinful nature. Our sins have caused a separation between us and God. And that is not just a, a small separation. I want to emphasize this. It is a eternal, vast separation that cannot be again, remedied by our own good works. Jumping back a few verses to verse 20, listen to this. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. So again, no flesh, no person that is not a born-again Christian, a true believer in Christ, will be justified in the sight of God. And a really famous passage of Scripture, Romans 6.23, this is what it says. You might be familiar with it. You might even be able to say it by heart. You might even have it memorized. It says this, For the wages of sin is death. We all know that. The wages of sin is death. And that's our predicament. God has every right because he is holy and righteous. He has every right to condemn us to death whenever he pleases. To some people that sounds that sounds crazy. And it sounds wrong. But the fact that God gives us a, a single breath after our next one is all by his grace, common grace that he shows to mankind. There are people that blaspheme his name. There are people that hear about him and just continue on with life as, 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 as if nothing is wrong. And yet he still allows them to experience the joys and the love that is in this world. And the biggest thing I think of is 
when you when you marry somebody whether it's it's a wife if if you're a man and husband if you're a woman and you find that person you that's the love of your life and then you have kids and then you have a a different kind of love that goes beyond all, all understanding and you can enjoy that and you have a career and and you have all these things and God gives us those graces that's how that's how long suffering he is people that blaspheme his name that disregard what his son did on the cross he still gives them life and allows them to live that's amazing but we need to reach a point of realization that we are full of depravity that not, there's nothing good about us there's nothing clean about us we are unrighteous and all of our righteous deeds are like filthy rags to God and we need to be stricken with the godly sorrow over our, our sinful nature. It is a big problem. So that, my friends, is road sign number one. Road sign number two, penitence or repentance. I'm trying to stay with a theme that has all P's. When we reach the point of our disownment of our own self, that anything I can do to assist in the salvation of my soul, that would be self-righteousness, and thus realize that the only way to be justified before God is by faith in Christ alone, then we are primed for repentance. I want to read you Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Listen to this. Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? The kindness of God leads us to repentance. The fact that what I just said, he gives us another breath. He is completely just in taking my life right now. Because why? The wages of sin is death. We, we disobey and break his holy law. But by his grace, he allows us to live because he's trying to lead us to repentance, which is very critical. Jesus came preaching repentance. It has to be so important. But again, we need to understand and come to a realization that we need to deny this lie of our own self-righteousness that we think that we can do anything to please God outside of the Spirit. We cannot. Now, if we look at the next verse, verse 5, it says this, But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself, in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. We're stubborn. We're unrepentant. We don't want to change our ways. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do and how to live. We don't like the fact that God is restrictive. So in that, 
We think we're living our own lives. We're in control of things. I control my own destiny. And the harsh reality is that you are what? You are storing up wrath for yourself. Oh, where is this wrath? I don't I don't see it. It's it's never going to come, Nate. It's going to come. And if you hear these things and you disregard them and you don't make a choice to put your total trust trust and faith in Christ, you are my friend storing up wrath for yourself and I'm and is it says in scripture that it is a terrifying thing to fall in the hands of the living God. So that's why he has so much kindness of his nature to allow us to have the opportunity to to repent of our sins. And I think that is so wonderful. He is offering you this wonderful grace of redemption of eternal death to eternal life. You cross from death to life. By his kindness, tolerance, and patience, God delays his righteous judgment against sinners. Through this kindness, we have the opportunity to receive this salvation. God's will, at the most basic sense, is to repent of your sins against the holy God and put your complete trust and faith in his one and only Son. So that, my friend and friends, is road sign number two. Road sign number three, propitiation. It's kind of a big word, isn't it? We don't hear that word too often. But let's look at the definition. Propitiation is a sin offering by which the wrath of the deity, God, shall be appeased or satisfied. Now, I want us to look at Romans, again, chapter 3, verse 25. It says this, Whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in, his, in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. Now, that was really deep there. But God publicly displayed his son for the whole world to see this, his sacrifice as the appeasement to God's righteous anger or his wrath. Jesus' blood, through faith, we have to believe that it truly does justify us. He demonstrated his righteousness on the cross. Only through the blood of Christ is it sufficient enough to make peace or reconcile us in a right standing with God. Jesus paid the penalty of sin. He paid the price of sin. And what is the price of sin? Death. He paid it all. That's where the song comes from. His blood justifies us through our faith in him. And faith is being sure of what we hope for 
and certain of what we don't do not see. And now we get to some really familiar verses in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 1, 8, and 9, but right now we're going to focus right now on verse 1. It says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're in sin, if you are not a true born-again follower of Christ, you are at war with God. It says in Scripture that God is angry with the wicked every day, and he abhors the wicked. There's so much hostility against evil. And we, outside of Christ, are evil. So, the concept of God loving us unconditionally outside of faith in His Son is heresy. It's falsehood. But we, having been justified by our faith, now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you can think of it this way. Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, and our faith in him, by faith alone, through grace alone, through Christ alone, Jesus took our hand and the Father's hand and joined them together. What a wonderful, wonderful thought that is. And now I want you to focus on the next two verses, 8 through 9. So Romans chapter 5, 8 through 9. Listen to this. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, verse 9, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Talking about Jesus Christ right there. So I want to focus on a couple things here because this, this is very deep scripture. This is foundational scripture. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We weren't holy. We weren't in a right standing with God because we can't do that outside of Christ because the only way to get to the Father or heaven is to be perfect and to follow God's laws 100% perfectly all the time. And we can't do that. But he died for us when we were at our absolute worst, committing sins that he hates, committing sins that are against a holy and righteous God. He still died for us. And verse 9, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Listen to that. And what did it say just a few minutes ago? What did we talk about? 
if we don't have our trust and faith in him, what happens? We store up wrath. We store up wrath. And that's what happens. But listen to verse 9 again. For we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. So we store up wrath. We repent of our sins. We put our total trust and faith in him. And it's by grace through faith that he then justifies us and saves us from the wrath of God. Because guess what? His anger, his wrath, his divine judgment was poured out on his son who committed no sin. And here's the kicker. Jesus, upon his death, burial, and resurrection, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. He credits his righteousness to our account, and he credits our sinful nature to his. Unreal. Unreal. That's why we sing Amazing Grace. Amazing love. So, my friends, the love that God has for those who put their whole trust and faith in Him is the greatest love, the most precious grace that could ever be offered. And that, my friends, is road sign number Three. Road sign number four. Last but certainly not least, promise of new life. We're going to be in Romans chapter six. But before we do that, let's go ahead and recap the last three road signs. Road sign number one, predicament. We are born with our sinful nature. And our sins have separated us from God and has hidden his face from us. We know that no one is righteous, not even one, that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that the wages of those sins is death. That we're going to stand before God Almighty one day at the great judgment and we'll have to give an account for everything that we've ever done. And if we do not have Jesus Christ as our Lord, Master, Savior, we are going to be condemned to eternal hell. But because God is kind, because he is tolerant and patient, long-suffering, he gives us time, and he also gives us opportunities for us to repent and turn to him. And all repentance means is to change our mind, to turn from one direction and walk the other direction. So we're walking the direction that way we want to go in our sins, and we turn and we walk to God. Road sign number three, 
propitiation. Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross was the perfect sin offering by which the wrath of God was satisfied. The wrath of God was aimed towards us because we are sinful and because he is righteous and holy. And if we don't follow his commands, we don't follow his laws 100% to the T perfectly, that we are objects then of wrath. But by the great love of God, by the wonderful act of grace that Jesus did when he came down to this earth, born of a virgin, lived a perfect sinless life. And because of that piece of scripture in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, when Jesus was about to die, Jesus had no sins to pay for. That's why his sacrifice on the cross is sufficient to be the perfect propitiation of our sins. And God publicly displayed his son for the world to see as the sacrifice that now we don't have to store up wrath for ourselves anymore. The wrath of God was poured out on his son so that we can be righteous before God. Also called justification. We're justified by Jesus' blood through faith. Which now leads us to road sign number four. Promise of new life. This promise of new life is so wonderful, so undeserved, so full of grace. It just gives me such an overwhelming sense of gratitude and thankfulness and just so much joy. And now let's look at Romans chapter 6, verses 8 through 11. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Our old self is long gone. That person no longer exists. We are a new creature, a new creation in Christ by faith. And we ought to follow Christ's example. Our life, we don't live it for ourselves any longer. We live it to God. And this is the exciting news here. We are dead to sin. Does that mean that we're never going to sin anymore? No. But sin is not master over us anymore. Jesus is our master. And being a slave to this master, what reward shall it reap? Well, 
everlasting life, paradise, mansions with our names on it, being co-heirs with Christ. Sounds like a wonderful master to me. Now let's look at verse 12 through 14. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. It's hard, isn't it? That's hard. But guess what? When our total trust and faith is in Christ and we have repented and we understand and we understood that our standing with God was not right because we cannot get to God on our own righteousness. Once we reach that point, the Holy Spirit is instantaneously given to us to live within us and live through us and lives our Christian life for us. So that when we have temptation, through His power, we can overcome. But listen again. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its lusts. We have a new master, not sin. We obey God. Verse 13, And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. That right there, my friends, is repentance. And that, my friends, is living to God. We used to use the members of our body to fulfill our lusts, to perform acts of unrighteousness. But now we are presenting ourselves to God because we have come back from the dead. Well, my physical body didn't die, Nate. Our spirit is dead without Christ. It says in Romans 8, 8. Let's turn there. Just one page over. Romans 8, 8 says this. And those who are in the flesh, that means those who not, do not believe in Christ, they're not born again Christians. Those who are not, excuse me, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That's what he's talking about. So, verse 14 says this For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Now, sometimes young Christians, and not just by age young, I'm talking about mature Christians. So immature Christians struggle with this next verse, verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. We don't sin just because we have grace. We will sin 
but we need to abhor sin. We need to despise it. We need to hate it so much that when we do sin, it cuts us to the quick, which makes us realize that we need God to live through of us and sanctify us more and more each day. And let's end with this verse. It's hard to choose one, but we're going to end with this verse here. Romans 6, 4. Therefore, we have been buried with him, Jesus, through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We are buried with Christ. We have died. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. We are dead. Our old cells are gone, long gone, just we said a few minutes ago. That person is gone. That person has died. And it was buried with Christ. And now, so that as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. When we put our total trust and faith in Christ, we are given instantaneously the Holy Spirit who gives us the mind of Christ. And Jesus was primarily focused on obeying the will of God and always pleasing God so that we have the Holy Spirit in us, then we can do those things and we can become sanctified and become more Christ-like. And one day, one glorious day, when we go to meet the Father, God the Father is going to look upon us and not send us to condemnation, but he's going to look upon us as Christ's righteousness. And he will say to us, those of us who are faithful and true to him and his son and his word, by faith, well done, my good and faithful servant. So with that being said, I'm so blessed to be doing this again. We are going to be doing this every week, still on Thursdays, God willing. I pray that God blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And until next time, God bless you, my friends.